Welcome everyone to the Dom and Fro Show, the only show in the world where you can listen to, well, where you can listen to Dom and Fro. It's the podcast for two different guys living two completely different lives on completely different sides of the country still manage to be best friends. Join our show where you can hear stories about our lives and those around us. Featuring great subjects such as, and the father's like, of course, you're, you're welcome. And others such as, I need a good screw with a little head. Even listen in as we interview special guests on only the most interesting topics. It turned into a situation where um, I was face her. Need a few minutes away from the kids? have big black nuts please don't listen to this with your family make sure to follow us on spotify and if you like what you're listening to consider donating to our patreon or even buy some of our apparel all located in the links in the description welcome to the dom and fro show today we're going to interview a special guest actually i kind of hinted to this but i had no way how to pronounce his name for a little bit i guess i've just I've I've always read the name, but I've never said it out loud, and I've never saw it spelled this way. So I was guessing everything. I was saying, like, mm. Geoff, Joff. Like, I had no clue. So I looked it up, and it's like, sometimes it's <laughs> Jeff. I was like, it's probably, <laughs> it's probably Jeff. So today we have Jeff Galt. He was the pre-production artist for Cyanide and Happiness, and he's also a professional voice actor and a published author. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm doing great. Um, I've gotten geoffs all my life, so I, I don't hold that against you. Yeah, you you told me a story one time where I forget exactly what it was, but there was a string of people messing up your name, so I didn't feel oh so my. bad. Oh yeah, like, like I, I try to keep track of like the more egregious times that it's fucked up, and probably my favorite one was a. Uh, like a, a call center guy, like clearly from like an Indian call farm was staring at my name and God help him. He did not know what to do with it. There's this pregnant pause, this moment of hesitation. I'm like, hello. And he's just like, Gurfy. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I'm playing like Jackbox games, my nickname's always Gurfy because I, I love that one so much. I had to start going by Fro because my last name was murdered so much. I mean, playing high school sports, every time I went to a different school, it was just a different pronunciation of my name. And it was the only yep. place that got was ever correct was at, you know, our home school. But yeah, I've heard <laughs> really crazy versions. I was uh I was in Navy Junior ROTC in uh, high school and I was in the comp the competitive marksmanship air rifle team and sometimes like they would send out like when when you would compete like with other people in the state or the region or even nationally they would just print out like uh the sheets of paper with the targets on them and then you'd mail those and it's like uh sometimes mine would my my name would be just be absolutely butchered like they just add use where there's no business of use being in there and it's like my my name my last name's galt like g-a-l-t like who is john galt like kind of situation even though my dad would tell you he had the name before she wrote the book but it's like that name as simple as i would think it would be is constantly misspelled 
And sometimes, like, it would be more than just the U added between the, the A and the L, like G-A-U-L-T. It, it would just be, like, Gabavilla. It's just, like, so... It's my, four letters, the, one syllable. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one syllable. It's just salt with a G. And, like, uh, the Air Rifle team would fuck with me, and they would completely butcher my entire name. So it would be, like, G-A-F-E-R-E, Gabavilla, Yout. It's, like, just... All of the vowels just crammed into one name. So let's get into some questions here. This is going to be a really broad question. So it's just going to be kind of you giving us an introduction. It's going to be a couple parts too. So uh, can you tell us exactly what a pre-production artist is and does? And some information on what it was like to work for Cyanide and Happiness. And then generally just kind of Tell us about yourself, what you're into, what you're doing during the shelter-in-place orders, uh, how it's affected you, and stuff like that. I started out trying to be a professional voice talent following my dad's footsteps. My father was a professional voice talent in the industry for decades, and as I was growing up as a kid, I would often go with him to sessions and like see him work and like he would do stuff like jj the jet plane he worked on he was like the voice of lyndon b johnson on forrest gump and jfk he was also like prolific like pc gaming characters like the original low wing shadow warrior he was in daikatana and and all kinds of stuff and i'm like this looks really really fun i'd like to get in on this and like i remember one day when i was like really little I was like along with him on a session and like I was just kind of doing like a like a performing kind of thing for like one of the audio producers. What was it? Like like I was singing like Animaniacs. I had like a tape with like the Animaniacs songs on it. So I was singing like the Magellan thing and being really animated about it. And they're like, hell yeah, I get this kid a spot. So like I auditioned for like Presbyterian's, uh, or Presbyterian Hospital, Prestige Subaru, Converse Shoes, YMCA, and... I got those gigs, which were like national like radio spots through Kim Dawson Talent Agency in Dallas. And uh, probably the biggest role that I did at that time was I went with Dad and auditioned to uh, for uh, Deus Ex, the computer game, uh, game of the year, Ion Storm thing in 2000. I was just like little background kids, like uh, the kid in Battery Park who's like starving and you give him some food and he'll give you like a passcode or something. But Dad was like, huge characters like uh the Unaco chief manderley jock the helicopter pilot tracer tong and all that stuff and um i was extremely proud of that and uh i i didn't want that to stop uh i drew the entire time i wanted to make comics as a kid graphic novels that was always like a passion of mine because i was huge into batman lobo spawn stuff like x-men i was i was huge into that Around that time, puberty hit, so uh, my demo, my, my audio reel was completely worthless as a voice actor. Being a child voice actor at that time, it needed to update it. And uh, I was also getting rowdy and disruptive in school, so it's like I couldn't be excused from class and work. So like, like my voice acting career was pretty much halted until I got my grades under control which never quite happened. <laughs> I, was, I, I, would, I would much rather sleep or draw in class. So, like, I, I didn't do well in grades because I was just an overactive, creative mind that wanted to create, and all this shit was just kind of distractions to me. And uh, NGRTC helped a lot in, like, kind of, like, focusing me and, like, you know, you know, enacting a discipline kind of thing. 
and at that time, like, I'm like, well, I might be able to return to voice acting, like, later down the line, but, you know, it's like, I don't know, like, like I, I didn't see an opportunity to get into the creative field from where I was standing at that point, like, just out of high school, looking into college, so I was thinking, um, probably the military would be better for me. And like, like, like I clearly have a discipline and a focus problem. Maybe that'll slap that shit into me. So I started really cranking things out, working towards that. I was always passionate about aviation. So I started like really studying what I needed to do in order to become a pilot. And I, I decided that, like, going into officer candidate school wasn't financially viable, and I didn't quite have the time for that as time dragged on. So I was like, okay, maybe the Army Warrant Officer Flight Program would be perfect for me, because that's an opportunity to become a pilot without being an officer, and only the Army had that. So that would be, like, helicopters, like Blackhawks, Chinooks. I'm like, that's fucking perfect. Awesome. So... Around that time, I needed to get into college. I was knocking out core classes, and I discovered that, like, oh, like, I could actually get training for softwares and stuff that I'm interested in. Around that time, you know, all through middle school, high school and stuff, I was tooling around on Newgrounds, and I was having a blast with that website, and I was noticing kids my age doing animations like completely themselves and like doing fucking incredible work like ego raptor and hot diggity demon and like harry partridge just knocking out like masterpieces and they were like soloing it and i was like oh my god okay so like i was under the impression that animation you know really required a team but they showed me that you could kind of do it yourself so i was like whoa okay uh this is this is something i never considered before and this also kind of aligns with my voice acting goals as well. So I picked up a copy of Flash that fell off the back of a truck, and I got to work <laughs> and, and just kind of figuring it out. And, like, it was very trial and error. I, I had literally just discovered onion skins, and I figured just going, at a, going about it the traditional Don Bluth way of just frame by frame by frame by frame was the way to do it. And I knocked out that first flash test, and it got some really positive reception. So I was like, okay, fuck yeah. Uh, Ego Raptors Metal Gear Awesome was huge around that time. Like, I was just getting into college and figuring out this whole aviation thing. Um, but I'm like, okay, let's, let's fuck around and have a good time with uh, some, like, a video game franchise that I think is really underrepresented. So I went with Zone of the Enders, because uh, that was like the first PlayStation 2 game I ever had, and it was like this really weird giant robot thing done by the same guy who did Metal Gear Solid. So I figured it wasn't that much of a stretch from Metal Gear Awesome, so I did Zone of the Awesome. And that took months to make. I really uh, underestimated just how laborious animation was until I was already like balls deep into it. And I was exhausted, and I was getting burned out from it, but I kept on pecking away at it whenever I could. And uh, when it was finally released, like, one of my heroes uh, from Newgrounds, uh, Mind Chamber, gave it, like, a lot of encouraging words and praise in his review, and it fucking jolted me back into animation again. I was like, oh, fuck, like, all right, I can't, I can't leave this alone. I got to keep on going on this. So... I got really indecisive about, like, do I want to do animation? Do I want to be a pilot? And it's like I kind of chose the animation route 
I, I started easing off on flight training a little bit. My grandma passed away around that time, and she left me like a, a really healthy inheritance. And I wound up investing that inheritance into flight training. I went to Addison, Texas. They have an airport over there, and I found like a flight school. And I invested that time and money into getting flight hours, thinking that would help me out in being competitive in the warrant officer flight program. But during that same time, I was also discovering like, okay, this college isn't good for animation. This college over here, though, is way better. And I wound up going to uh, Collin County Community College, where a bunch of the professors were industry professionals in a group called a bunch of short guys. So they actually gave like really practical advice in their curriculum about how to deal with clients, how to deal with the creative process, how to get through creative mental roadblocks and stuff like that. I was like, holy shit. For the first time in my life, I'm actually filling like every square inch of notebook paper with like useful information, data, and notes. And I was like really engaged because it was like creative people teaching creative people. I was like, fuck yeah, awesome. Uh, I was really stoked about it and I started knocking out more animations. Around that time, I actually knocked out Dick Neck, Dick Neck Origins, which hilariously enough, I think my, my older brother said, look, Dick Neck is funny and all, but you'll never get a job from a guy with a dick from a neck. And I thought he was right. And he wound up being, uh, I later found out he was full of shit. Because <laughs> it's like, Dick Neck spread way further than I thought it was. Uh, I, I should have heard of this. I, I want to watch you've, this. <laughs> you've never, you're, you're a moderator on Newgrounds, and you haven't heard of the one meme that broke through the Newgrounds forums onto knowyourmeme.com? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I saw it on the forums, but I didn't know it came from anywhere other than the forums. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I remember seeing it on Newgrounds. I definitely nice. remember seeing that. Yeah, like it was... It's, that's insane. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've been on the site since 2004. I have no clue. I need so much. I, like, need, I need links to stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, uh, if you go to phobotech.newgrounds.com, uh, you can find it under the movie section uh, like around 2009 or 2010. Um, and and it, was, it was in that era where I was really active on the forums where it's like if any kind of running joke was seen to pick up momentum, I would jump in and I would make like a comic of it. I would, I would make like little like little snippets or little bullshit memes or shit posts from it. I was really active in the Photoshop threads back in the day. I, I love the hell out of those. And that also presented itself as an opportunity for me to practice and get faster and more comfortable with softwares like Photoshop and Flash. And uh, with Dicknick, I, I just kind of like uh, took a chance and I was like, fuck it, let's animate it. Because originally I was just going to make comics of it. And it started off with like just comic book panels. And people were like, it, it got it got huge like uh, positive reception, and people were like really stoked about you know just the ridiculousness of the situation of this guy with a dick for a neck, and people were creating content left and right. Uh, RTIL or not RTIL? Um, one of the mods made that amazing animated GIF of him helicoptering around with with his dick for a neck, and I'm like, this is fucking great. The, like so. I love Poozy uh, actually uh, PM'd me and we went back and forth and it's like, actually we, we could make a thing out of this. 
and I Love Pussy pulled some strings to get like the voice of uh, Josh Tomar, uh, Tomamato, to uh, be the narrator voice, and got Jade the Assassin to draw a, com- a couple of like um, stills that were featured in the credit section, and it's like it all just kind of came together into this like three minute long thing. And uh, I was so fucking stoked about it, and it completely changed my schedule, where I was like, I was plotting a sequel, and it was going to be this climactic battle between uh, Prime Turnip and uh, Dr. Foreman himself. And I'm sitting down in class in uh, Quad C, and uh, like I think it was basic graphic design, and I'm drawing these characters, and I'm having a blast of Prime Turnip because he's a robot, and I'm huge into mechs, and I'm drawing Dick Neck all fucking Hulk manned out and stuff, and this guy's looking over, and he's like, what are you working on there? And I'm like, oh, it's, uh, it's this Flash animation about a guy with a dick for a neck. He's called Dick Neck. And he's like, oh, you mean like that thing on Newgrounds? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, it spread way further than I thought it did. Years later, a lot of stuff happened through the family, medical emergencies that eventually led to me like dropping out of college. Uh, the curriculum was leaning more into 3D stuff, and I was getting burned out, like juggling like five classes at once of all like different softwares. Uh, I was, it was getting too much for me. I ran. I, I was. I was getting really tight on money, so the flight uh, training stopped. College stopped, and pretty much I was just caretaking from home for a couple of years. First with my dad with his heart attack, and then with my brother Eddie with uh, diabetic ketoacidosis. So it's like my life was just kind of put on hold for like a long time. And eventually I was ready to get back to work. Um, My brother, who is an audio engineer, uh, found me an opportunity at an audio electronics repair store. And I had no real desire for it. It was just a job and I hated it there. I, I didn't understand anything. I felt worthless. And one of my buddies who I met from Quad C, uh, John Murphy, he, him and I immediately hit it off. I was a biker uh, for seven years uh, and throughout the entirety of my time at uh, Collin County, I was, uh, I was riding my motorcycle with a Newgrounds patch on my shoulder and a Mind Chamber patch on my other. And this guy immediately recognized the Newgrounds tank, and he's like, oh, fuck yeah, Newgrounds, that's awesome. And I was telling him all about it, and he he loved Dick Neck, and he loved everything I was doing. So him and I kept on, like, promising to collab on stuff, and we never wound up doing that. You know how it goes. Yeah. And uh, I was working on electronics, and I knew that he got a job doing animation. I just didn't really know what. And he's like, hey, man, uh, we're hiring. Cyanine Happiness is hiring. And I'm like... Oh shit! Uh, I I didn't know you moved, and he's like, I didn't. I'm I'm still here in Texas, and I'm like, what? I I had I had no fucking clue that CNH was stationed in North Texas. It was just like, it was right around the corner from me, and and I was like, ming and eyeing, and I was still kind of depressed, and I'm like, oh, I don't really have an animation reel. I don't think I could make it into that industry, and he's like, just for the love of God, Jeff, just send them whatever you got. And uh, I sent them pretty much my new grounds. Uh, that was that was my demo page. So Dick Neck right there in the top, all, all the stupid bullshit I've been doing for years. And uh, that was enough to get them interested. Uh, Dick Neck made them laugh their ass off, and uh, they sent me an audition. And I hated working at that audio electronics place so fucking badly. They gave me a week to complete it. I completed it in three days. 
<laughs> it's like they 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 gave they gave me a script. Uh, they gave me the pre-recorded VO lines, and they're like, go, uh, make an animatic of this. And for those that don't know, an animatic is like an animated storyboard. So it's basically the rudimentary skeleton of what the animation is supposed to look like. It's usually in monochrome, really basic poses, not very fully animated, not very detailed. It's just very the blueprints uh, of pacing and composition. And I, they, I knocked it out of the park, and I wound up working there. I put in my two weeks, and I, like, I don't know, like, like it seemed for years, actually. I, I worked there for, like, four years, and for most of that time, I had, like, this huge sense of imposter syndrome, where it's like I didn't feel like I, like, like all of a sudden I'm here, and, and it didn't seem like I... It didn't seem planned. It was very spur of the moment, and all of a sudden, what seemed what previously seemed impossible was actual. And it, it took me a long time to really wrap my head around it, that, like, I'm a professional now. And sometimes that that, that still kind of takes me off guard. It's like, oh shit, um, I guess I'm uh, all that self-deprecating default sense of humor that I did, where it's like, oh, I'm just I'm just an amateur. I'm I'm just this and that. It's like all that's out the window now. So, my question, one of my questions is, uh, did you get to write any of the punchlines or the the skits for any of the episodes? Is there something that our audience would uh, be able to watch and be like, oh, he did that, you know? Uh, I I did. Um, I I, I naturally get to uh, ad lib a lot uh, when when I'm in the booth. And sometimes things that I, I I'm just doing to fuck around wind up getting selected for final takes, and I'm like, really? They they, they chose that? Okay. <laughs> like it's like recently uh, in the the next time on meds. Like I'm I'm EMT one in the the meds skits on Sun and Happiness, and like he's he's the really intense one that's like yelling a lot, like get on the ground. Like like that oh that probably clipped I'm sorry, uh like he he's the guy that yells a lot and sometimes I'll just I'll, I'll just do fucking wacky takes like key and like they'll 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 pick that key up over the other more serious ones and I'm like all right that's fine for breakfast cowboy where it's just a ton of visual gags of this cowboy dancing around and doing ridiculous like meal preparation techniques that have like a western theme to it and i i helped come up with quite a few of those gags what will frequently happen is there at the studio uh we'll just hang out on friday nights because like they got like a media room where we'll like preview episodes and stuff like that it's on a projected screen frequently after the fact we'll just be hanging around and we'll go off on a tangent and it's it's a bunch of shit posting animators just conspiring together and frequently those things will become skits and breakfast cowboy was one of those skits so it's like usually when you see a written by credits where it's more than three people uh, it's usually one of those incidents and sometimes i'm in those incidents <laughs> uh we also had a uh safety dad and i remember i came up with some of the gags of uh what he did and he's basically just a robot just built completely for safety and he'll have like pillows for hands or like little safety belt harnesses and stuff like that that he'll uh, that he'll do and you know like i also wrote uh, a ton of scripts for them 
because I wanted to breach through that directory barrier. I, I wanted to have a writing credit. I wanted to, like, like, oh, I did get the writing credit for, like, Breakfast Cowboy and stuff like that. But I also wanted to make my own skits as well. And frequently, uh, my scripts would be turned down for budgetary concerns. Because it's like I wanted to do shit with giant robots. I wanted to do um, really elaborate <laughs> fucking high concept things where it's like uh, a man was abducted. Uh, Coach, you actually uh, read one of those. Uh, yeah, where, I remember, where, I remember where, that one. Yeah, where, where, where a human being was abducted and is the alien equivalent of a cat. Like I that that was initially a script for cyanide happiness, and they're like, we do not have the fucking budget to create like this colossal alien world where little little naked men who are castrated are wandering around. Once, uh, once, I, once I was let go, which um. Which was which was a little heartbreaking, but I totally understood why why it happened. There was no malice behind it. It's like CNH was going through a period where it's like they were constantly getting demonetized. It's like it wasn't just me that was let go. It was it was many other creatives, and um, I was hired on to work on the season of the show. When I was hired on to CNH, it was at the very tail end of season two of the Cyanide Happiness show. When they did season one, they released it as DVD merch, and apparently that was a nightmare to deal with, so they never released it on DVD ever again after that. But then when they did season two, it was like exclusively uh, going to be streamed on what NBC was trying to do to like compete with like Netflix and all that on their failed uh, CISO program. And apparently that was also a shit show, and rightly so, because CISO no longer exists. In the wake of NBC's CISO, VRV came in and bought the rights for the Cyanide and Happiness show. And that actually got us greenlit for season three of the show, so I wound up staying. And that was chaos, but it was organized chaos. And it, it, it really ran like slick lightning. Our producer, uh, Greg Slagle, really did a tremendous job in making sure everything went mechanically on time. And I understand that with his mentality being focused in the legality of things, he's one of the most legally savvy guys I've ever met. Um, I, would, I would bring people over to the studio to kind of show them around, and Greg would just appear like a fucking vampire. He would just materialize in the room and then like lay down an NDA and be like, okay, by the way, please, please sign this non-disclosure agreement, and then just disappear again after it was fucking signed. <laughs> Uh, he was very quick to point out in what we could and could not do. And um, while that worked for the production side of things really well, I also understand he kind of butt heads with the creatives a lot. And um, when it came time, uh, he decided to make sure that season three, he was going to make sure that season three was complete, but after that, he was going to move on. And uh, he then worked for Rooster Teeth immediately after that working on Ruby, uh, Genlock, and um, uh, another show, uh, the key one, uh, Camp Camp? I'm not sure. But yeah, like he, he went from doing that to this, and now I think he's writing his own stuff. Really, really knowledgeable dude. And after he left, we carried on the mentality. Uh, we, we, carried, we carried on uh, working on season four. 
not not immediately after season three was done, but like about like six months after season three was done, and that one was interesting because uh, like it was it was more of a creative environment. We tried to pick up the same kind of lessons that we learned from season three, but there was also some like I don't know logistical difficulties along the way. E- each season had its own things going for it and its own problems, and it was a really interesting organic experience that was pressurized by the deadlines that needed to be done because it's like these things couldn't couldn't afford to be late and especially on my end i'm I'm on the very front of the pipeline so it's like if if i'm late that has a ripple effect all the way down like for all of animation all of editing music sound effects like so like there was there was a lot of times where um i i was kind of like I was I was kind of taking the animatics that they were tasked they they were tasking me to do, and I was treating it like therapy. And I was like like having way too much fun with one shot, and I wasn't having I wasn't giving enough time to other shots. And that's a lesson that I learned from that process, where it's like I can't be doing that as a professional. And I did manage to find uh, some other animation mercenary work after the fact, outside of Cyanide uh, Happiness. Uh, one of Newgrounds uh, animators, Mike Parker. He's since gone off, and he's done like College Humor, and he's founded. Or he's yeah, and he's also done a Lowbrow Animation Studio, which does fucking everything uh, under the sun. Not everything, but a lot. <laughs> it's like some of the some of the mercenary work I've done was through him um, with Lowbrow's uh, WWE Storytime. So I did a couple of animatics on some wrestlers talking about some funny moments that they had. And that was fun, uh, having something under my belt that was more than just stick figures, actually. So with the voice acting, other than Cyanide Happiness, you've already talked about some things that you've been in. If you had to pick one or two where you just really like wanted to show someone, be like, no, you've probably heard me in this, um, what would it be? If if I wanted to go for um, famous and like like something that people have heard of, it would be the the child roles that I did in Deus Ex. For now, um, I'm I'm waiting for that that next big gig that's going to overshadow Deus Ex, and that's a huge mountain to climb. In one of the Dark Souls three playthroughs, we mentioned that Sylvester Stallone uh, had a huge vested interest in doing an Edgar Allan Poe The Raven movie. And we were laughing at the ridiculousness of that and how he wanted to direct it and play the lead in The Raven. And I'm like, can we even get, can you even get like a movie's worth of content out of that story? It's like, <laughs> so right in between the Dark Souls 3 uh, recordings, I, I did a dry read while still a little drunk of impersonating Sylvester Stallone reading The Raven. And it's one of our most viewed videos on that channel. It's got like 8,000 views, 9,000 views or something like that. And some people in the comments were like, what the fuck? What's wrong with Sylvester Stallone? Why is, like, why is he slurring his words? <laughs> it's like, uh, Isn't that what he sounds like, kind of? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you could sound like this. softly spoken bird. You could quote the raven nevermore. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> like, uh, we, we try to do more skits like that, capitalizing on success.
right. I, actually, I forgot to talk to you about that. You you are uh, you're a published author, right? I am. Um, uh, my buddy and I, uh, Adam Baker, have been uh, self-publishing on Amazon Kindle for the past couple of years. And you can read our books on Amazon. Just search for Umbra's Legion. And you'll, at the moment, uh, at the time of this recording, we have a total of four stories, two from him and two from me. And they're all in like the same kind of universe. Like We're writing about this intergalactic war between these two species and... So it's like, what if we, what if we made like this gritty sci-fi war thing that did exist in a kind of a furry universe, but it never cheapened itself with over fetishism and sex. So we basically made like a Star Fox meets Black Hawk Down kind of thing. We're making our own Star Wars. We were frustrated with the Star Wars sequels. We were frustrated with the Star Wars prequels. Where it's like, fuck it. If we were to make Star Wars, this is what we'd do. This is my platform to make my own mobile suit Gundam, essentially. I, I asked him, it's like, are there a lot of apes or monkeys or gorillas in the furry community? And he's like, no, they're too human-like. I'm like, then that's what I'll do. I, I'm writing from the perspective of uh, a simian empire with like their own mechs and Star Destroyers and shit like that. And um, here's uh, writing about a bunch of wolves and thylacines who are kind of like the JDF in America and whatnot, and they're the opposition to pretty much my space China, space communists and shit. So it's basically, yeah, like uh, Battlestar Galactica is his main inspiration, Mobile Suit Gundam's mine, and we're making an original sci-fi war thing. His first story takes place with a thylacine marine sniper team that's assassinating one of my mecha developers, Marxist Jagum. And uh, my two stories lead into how Marxist Jagum became a mecha developer and the kind of contextual history of these apes, how they became uh, a primitive society to a spacefaring society, why they think they're the good guys. And it's like we're writing from the perspectives as if like we are the good guys and the other ones are the assholes. And we're letting the audience decide which ones they like more. Do they side with the wolves or do they side with the apes? And um, we're going to keep that going for uh, the foreseeable future and hopefully make animations about it, graphic novels and stuff like that uh, as, it, as it develops. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I, I was taking this as an opportunity. Uh, I was asking one of our producers, Derek Miller from Sinai Happiness, it's like if I wanted to make graphic novels, if I wanted to make these uh, things and get published, what am I going to need to do? And one of the things that he said that stuck with me is like you need to prove that you can put asses in the seats. And what, what, what I saw uh, in touring the furry community and like their conventions and stuff, it's like there's a lot of disposable income there. There's a, lot of, there's a huge opportunity for a booming creative marketplace. And it seems that these furry conventions get bigger and bigger every single year as they become less stigmatized and they gain more members and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, like, here's a risk-free opportunity where um, I can create something where I'm not holding myself to some unrealistic standard. I've, I've had like tons of projects where I just kind of stopped short on it because I had this belief that I wasn't ready to do it yet. And I'm ready to do this. It's like this, this is a risk-free opportunity to fly free and experiment and just kind of see what sticks. And in the process, I'm actually writing some fucking 
really cool shit that I'm really, really stoked about. Um, the third book that I'm writing up uh, is called Raid of Ismara, where they're busting into an illegal political prison, uh, and it's fucking chaos, and I'm writing about gunfights and strafing runs and orbital bombardments and shit, and it's really kind of cool. Um, so I'm getting to really exercise some muscles here that can be put to better use uh, like in, like, I don't know, furthering this franchise and my own creative franchises that are all completely original, and um, I'm really excited to share with the world. This is also a personal question added on to this, but uh, working with a pretty famous organization um, and or people, do you have any crazy or funny stories working with Cyanide and Happiness? Do you know about those uh, purple cushions? Like that, like claim that, like, oh, you can sit on an egg and the egg will be fine. That's I'm why you should. Not even kidding, right now, I'm sitting on one of those at the moment. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> there an egg underneath it. No, we... <laughs> it's just a purple seat. We were we were obsessed in in that studio. We were obsessed with that cushion and trying to debunk the like <laughs> the the aesthetics of of this egg situation, and we would we would trial and error it constantly. To the point that like we were cracking out light bulbs and we were like oh well, what if we sit in a light bulb and like our producer greg slagle will be like please please don't fucking sit in the light bulb and have it crack and then you have to miss work because you have to go to a hospital i will buy you eggs i will take the company card and i will buy eggs if it will please you and we're like yeah fucking do it so he's like okay <laughs> like Hilarious. and our, pro our producer spent CNH money to buy a carton of eggs so that we would be pleased and, and sit on them on our purple cushions. Um, there are many incidents in the recording booth where we had to either record something uncomfortable or record something that was like physically straining. Like I was, I was the makeout man in the makeout and I felt horrible about, about like, uh, having like Ben Governale, our sound guy, having to listen to me going mm, oh, oh, like for like however long his day was listening to that. And as I commiserated around that, about that, like all the female voice actors were like, you think that's fucking bad. How many sex scenes have I had to record? And I feel awful about that. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, I guess, I guess it could be bad. So this is getting more on the personal side of things less about being in the animation field and everything so we worked together yeah, but... as moderators on new grounds for a while um mm -hmm. well what was your favorite aspect your least favorite aspect and just kind of tell us about the little career that you had as a new grounds moderator and most importantly of all i need you to finish with your thoughts about new ground man seven <laughs> Holy shit. Um, well, uh, it felt really cool to be helpful. Um, like, that, that, that's my biggest takeaway from that. And, um, and there were other moderators that were, like, just kind of compassionate and fun about it. And uh, I, I, I really enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed that sense of community it seemed like a glue that kind of held it all together and kept it from just being um horrendous chaos that you see in other websites something to help combat the spread of fear and misinformation as well um i 
lived with him, my, my older brother, the sound engineer, uh, is a huge fucking conspiracy theorist. He's so far deep into it, he's convinced that Alex Jones is a gatekeeper for the CIA. Um, and I, I don't think that's true, but it's just like, now I have, I'm, I'm in a position where it's like, all right, if I see these outlandish conspiracy theories happen, I could challenge it and shut it down instead of having this, like some, like, like I know when I was a kid and I was searching around the forums, I was gullible as hell. It's like, oh, this is how these things spread. It's like in this impressionable age where another kid can go onto the forums and it's like, wait, what? Fucking lizard people, are you serious? This is a big deal. Why aren't more people talking about this? <laughs> it's like, like I'm, nope, 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 that's not a thing. And, and I wound up encountering that a lot with like uh mist and the flat earthing thing um the uh <laughs> denying the dinosaurs exist thing i was like are you fucking kidding me like what and like and that's and, kind of perfect and... because we talked about flat earthers earlier <laughs> my yeah, god we it was <laughs> dude <laughs> i can't i can't even explain it especially as as like a, an aviator or, or or someone who's passionate about aviation where you can physically reach altitudes where you can witness the curvature of the earth and then they're like oh it's the canopy your canopy's curved i'm like well, you fuck oh my god <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> i've heard some i've heard some pretty crazy stuff like there's even a documentary on why the earth is flat and it's like my my favorite one, uh, that same character, uh, Mist, on on the Newgrounds forums, uh, she was posting uh, something that was supposed to be like proving her point that like by sending a weather balloon with like a GoPro up to like incredible altitudes, like you could see that it's flat or something like that, and she accidentally proved the video that debunked that and actually proved the curvature of the earth and then she quickly swapped it around for one that fit her rhetoric and i'm like you oh my god like like you literally just posted a video that that proved your entire rhetoric is a sham and i'm like oh, it just it's like administering medicine to the dead and i don't have the patience for it and it actually brings up to like why i kind of stepped down from moderating is like it was it was sucking me in to such a degree that I wasn't creating anymore and ultimately like my goal is to be a, a creator and a content creator and to never stop and if anything uh like I mentioned earlier it's like I wanted to join the military to gain that discipline so that I could just become a machine and just fucking crank it out with little to no distractions I have ADD um I I tried medication it wasn't a good fit um, and I think actually around the time I was moderating, I was also on ADD medication. And what was happening was I was locking into the moderating job and I wasn't locking into my animatics. And it's like that was affecting me in a really negative way. And with like characters like Mist and stuff, a lot of the times they're bored teenagers who are just, fart, who are just fucking around just out of boredom. And I was letting it rile me too easily i was taking it way too seriously and as i was locking into it it was affecting my social life as well it's like i'd be hanging out on friday nights after after work with the cyanide happiness crew and um i like while we're trying to watch a movie and stuff i'm on my phone typing like a huge fucking nuke of truth trying to talk down a kid from wanting to kill himself or like just like like or 
something like that. And, and I was like, fuck, like I'm spending hours and hours and hours and hours on this when I'm ignoring my life around me, I'm ignoring my goals. And uh, eventually I, I just needed to make a decision. And, um, and like I had always dreamed of having that little golden aura on my weapon icon as a kid. And then I had it and it wasn't everything I was looking for. You know, it's like, like it was, it was fun. It was cool. And I, I'd like to think I did a good job being a moderator. Um, even being fair when I felt like uh, a measure that I took was out of line, I would walk it back and, and try to try to be like cool about it. And it's like, I'm like, ah, I'm still spending way too much time here. It's like, I, I need to be facilitating my passions and uh, that's that's why I politely stepped down. So just uh, just we don't have to go too much into it, but one of my actually one of my favorite characters on Newgrounds, and we call them characters because <laughs> they're they're just half the time they are just characters. They're not yes. they're not being their real selves. So like they're just pretending. But some of exactly. them are so good at it that you can't tell if they're really who they say they are or if they're just you know yes. they put so much detail into it and one of those mm -hmm. users who i can't tell if they were real or not was newground man seven which i know yep. i know the answer i know he's not real i know that's just a character that he <laughs> but he's so good at it that, i mean we became obsessive about we were tracking obsessed. this guy down because it, i don't know it was kind of fun in a way though he was it, just it was so crazy <laughs> it was extremely engaging trying to crack the code and and uh and and you and I would coordinate where it's like I think this guy's an alt like watch this guy watch this guy and like like we'll we'll try to like coordinate and like like okay these two users aren't online at the same time they could be the same person he could be trying to skirt around a band by using an alt or something like that and like like I I used to be a shit poster it's like I'd like to think I I know how they think I know how they operate we're gonna get this motherfucker and like <laughs> it's like this guy was like fucking unhinged. And it made me unhinged, like trying to wrap my 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 mind around, like why would he behave this way? <laughs> like it, he was a fascinating train wreck, and it's like, what a weird little jewel hidden in the Newgrounds forums that you can't find anywhere else. He's such a specific anomaly that, like, I can't really talk to him about. Uh, I, I can't really talk to. I can't really talk about him to anyone else because not a whole lot of people know about him. But people that frequented the general forums, oh, they sure as hell know the fuck about him. And yeah. by the way, isn't his year ban supposed to be up pretty soon? Yeah, I think it ends in July. So I've actually... Oh, been... oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know he's going to be back! <laughs> so now I, had to, I had to ban this guy. I mean... We 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 were looking for things to ban because he was just hard to handle. But he never directly broke any rules or anything. He was just hard to handle. Um, I kept I kept on trying to you know like ease back and be like you know may, maybe this is just his personality. And then I'm like no, this guy needs to be stopped. <laughs> but I I had to end up banning him for an entire yeah just an entire year because. He was talking about this conspiracy about Obama being a, <laughs> a child molester. And then he posted pictures of Obama molesting children that he found on the Internet. And I was like, for like, 
Son of yeah. a bitch. Like, so, someone, someone, someone online like photoshopped Obama in like those PR photos where he's like kissing a kid, and they would like photoshop their arms in like really compromising positions and shit. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Okay, so on to just some uh, just random questions, just maybe rapid fired questions here. Um, okay, is cereal a soup? Is cereal a soup? <laughs> no. Cereal is cereal. Soup is soup. But milk is a broth. So, I mean, just is playing it? devil's advocate here, isn't a soup just a mixture of food and hot or cold broth? Yes. So can cereal not be a soup? No. Why not? <laughs> because, because I think it has to do with the dry texture of the flakes or content of the cereal in combination with specifically milk. You do not drink or eat cereal with anything other than milk. So milk is very specific in the composition of the cereal. Uh, Clearly haven't structure. been broke enough to put water in your cereal. <laughs> I have not. I have not been that sad or desperate. <laughs> so, a follow-up question, and this is one that I will, uh, I will fight to the death. Is pizza a salad? No. It is too. <laughs> what? I mean, what? I'm going to look up the definition of a salad. No. <laughs> I, need this, I need this in my life. Do not argue it. <laughs> I'm gonna argue. I, I will die on this hill. No, it, <laughs> a, I feel like it's a heated salad. You know, so a what? salad is a is a dish of various mixtures of raw or cooked vegetables. Okay, that makes sense. But it also can be accompanied by meat, fish, and other ingredients. Is that not what a pizza is? Just a mixture of vegetables? It absolutely is not. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Pasta salad is a salad. Potato Listen. salad is a salad. <laughs> so, so fruit a salad is a salad. Why can't the mixture of meat just because it's on bread? It's no no because, longer a salad? because a a fundamental base of of a salad is a lettuce or a leafy plant, and a fundamental base for a pizza is bread. Yeah, but, and cheese. So how and, about and, like and, pasta just, salad? Would you consider that a salad then? Yeah, but that's pasta salad. And I'm not going to call a pasta salad pizza. Well, I think I'm going to open up a restaurant and it's going to be called pizza salad. <laughs> well, you have you have a blast with that marketing. If you need a logo, call me. <laughs> no, I, guess I, I guess I am convinced. No, that's fine. I There was a long time where I'd made that argument because I was just, I just wanted to rile people up. But pizza is definitely my favorite I'm, pie. I'm very well. Do you, did you see how heated I got in just that question? <laughs> this is why I had to step down being a moderator. <laughs> is the salad a pizza? Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Pizza is uh, definitely have... my favorite. It, it's a pie. It's my favorite pie. Okay. You, 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 have, you are so Italian. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> Now there's cold and hot cereals. Uh, isn't oatmeal considered a cereal? Yeah. I guess so. What's that question about? That, well, <laughs> wouldn't oatmeal be considered can't oatmeal be considered a soup as well? Yeah, it is. It is a soup, and I don't care what you guys say. <laughs> I mean 
I mean, I frequently eat my oatmeal with milk, so I, I would I would be I, I would be easier swayed into believing oatmeal is a cereal. You you mean a soup? No, oatmeal is a cereal. No, a cereal. Oatmeal is a cereal. No, I know that, but <laughs> I, I'm saying like, wouldn't it also be considered a soup? It's nice yeah, and warm. Of it could, but you'd be a crazy person. <laughs> but then why why can't regular cereal be considered a soup? Because well, he's saying it, you can for that, too, but you'd also be a crazy person. Oh, okay. Yes. Got it. All you right. need to be well, institutionalized. <laughs> my next question. My next question is, what's the worst date or the funniest you've ever been on? And I think all all of us should share one because and you don't have to uh, you don't have to like incriminate yourself with your current relationship or past relationship. No, no, no. Uh, my, my, my current relationship is fantastic. Um, well, like when we first met was through uh, Navy Junior ROTC and she apparently fell in love with me. She told me this after the fact of like when she walked into the compound, I was impersonating one of our classmates and I was making fun of him. And um, it was this guy named uh, Peter, who's this wily little Asian dude. Hey, talk like this. My name's Peter. Oh, my God. And, and his whole thing was, if you ever made fun of him, he'd punch you in the balls. So one, <laughs> that's the so, big thing. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and I'm like, so everyone was afraid to stand up to him. And he was absolutely not a person worth cowering from. So I went to Academy Sports and Outdoors, and I bought a cup, and I was just making fun of him all day. And he's like, "Ah, oh, you can't fuck off! I'm gonna punch you in the balls!" I'm like, "I'm an impair. I punch people in the balls." And he's like, "Ah, oh, you're gonna get hot!" And like he, and he would like clack against my against my cup, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, my one my one technique! Ah, oh, you got around it! Oh my god!" And, like, and I was just making fun of him all day, and she fell in love with me from that moment on. And later, uh, for summer. You're able to get like a ribbon for going to like basic leadership training, which like you get drilled by Marines for like a full week, like you know, fire watch, all the whole the whole shebang. And uh after the fact at the commissary she bought me a wallet and that was her big cue that she liked me. And I was like, Cool, thanks and like <laughs> every time I would see her from that moment on, I'd be like, Hey Julia, I still got the wallet and she's like, Do you? Oh, that's cool. It's cool that you still got the wallet, you know, <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> it's like, and it like years passed until eventually I realized that oh, she was hitting on me, and uh, oh, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. Oh no. So, um, now n now we're we're happily together for the foreseeable future, and it's it's been wonderful. Um, uh, but as for embarrassing dates. Embarrassing. Um, shit. Uh, you, you guys want to go first? It, it, it might. It might spur. Some yeah, memories. it might spark. It might spark you. Um, so I have. I mean, I have embarrassing ones that I would get in trouble if I told. Um, but <laughs> I. I do have what I find as a as a funny one, and it was a good date. Um, it's with my fiance. Um, but back when we started dating. She wanted to impress me because she knew, like, I liked scary movies, but she absolutely despised, like, would have nightmares and, you know, just was completely bad effect on her all around. So she decided we would go to watch a scary movie. And it was The Woman in Black, which actually, you know, it's not a terrible movie, but when you watch that live on the big screen, it has, it is actually just consistent jump scare after jump scare and i remember like not a lot of things scare me but like 
feeling sweaty and like my feet were going numb, like survival instinct. Yeah. The blood was go- going to my heart, the main organs for survival. And if that's how I felt, I can just only imagine how she felt. And oh, we got out to the car and she's like, we need to go somewhere now where there's a lot of people. Because she was like shaking in fear. So we just pulled up to the first restaurant that we found. We went in and she's like super nervous because it's because it's like one of our first dates. And also because she just, you know, was terrified for her life. (laughs) She's looking at the menu and she orders shrimp cocktail. And that's all she orders for herself. And I'm like ordering this big, you know, Italian dish. So I have all this food in front of me. And um, so she gets the the waitress was like, is that all you want? And she's like, yeah, that's all. So she gets this and it's like four shrimps with cocktail sauce. And, it's you know, shrimp cocktails serve cold and she hates it. She doesn't like shrimp cocktail at all, but she's like a soldier. And I never know this. She just powers through and eats it. I'm like, oh, she's not a big eater. <laughs> and then later on, she she did tell me that she was literally so scared that she just like ordered the first thing that she saw on the menu and then was oh, too no. embarrassed to tell me that that's all she wanted to eat. So I'm there like eating this whole thing, like super full halfway through powering through just to eat the rest. Cause I don't want to take it with me. I could have shared a half of it with her, but she's just mm-hmm. eating cold shrimp, which she despises. And we haven't, so that's just like a running joke every time we go somewhere. I'm like, Oh, do they have shrimp cocktail? And she's, I don't think I've <laughs> ever, ever saw her eat shrimp cocktail in my life other than that one time oh Um, yeah um i do i do have two little movie incidents well with with julia actually uh one of the first times that uh we went to like a movie together it was like for one of the avengers movies and uh we decided to sneak in a bunch of 40s of beers in (laughs) uh a a very oversized bag and we we're trying to play it cool because we didn't want to get caught. So we we're like we we're being very very sneaky about it, and and mission success. We managed to get into the movie. We drank all of the beers, and completely forgot about them at her feet on the way out. So as soon as like <laughs> like as soon as the after credits started like uh, wrapped up, we just kind of shambled out in a buzz state and immediately toppled over the fucking stack of bottles that we had. So <laughs> just it completely told on us just this. And like everyone's like laughing and whatnot. And, oh, oh, I don't drink anymore. There. <laughs> oh, no. Somebody put those at our feet. How ignorant. Rolling. I, I, I did try, I, I did try uh, taking out um, uh, uh, a crush of mine on, on my motorcycle. And uh, like like the, the the bike that I rode was like a Yamaha V Star 650, very short pipes, and it had a back seat with like these little foot pegs for her to like rest her feet on. And it's like I I warned her like like hey watch it like don't rest your feet on the tailpipes because like it'll melt your shoe it gets very hot. And uh, I pick her up and she's wearing Daisy Duke shorts. I'm a legs man. This is amazing. It's great. And we we it was for Prometheus. We we went to go see Prometheus, and uh, as soon as I park, she swings her foot out and burns the shit out of the inside of her calf on the tailpipe. And I'm like, oh, haha, yeah, that's happened to me before. And she's like, ah, mm, 
Ooh, fuck, that really hurts. And I'm like, like, oh, it's okay. Like, it'll it'll be fine after a little while. Thinking of all the times that, like, it kind of, like, tiny burned me, like, when I was wearing, like, gym shorts on the way to, like, the gym or something. And I'm like, ah, it'll be fine. And, uh, no, like, she couldn't focus on the movie at all because she burnt the shit out of her legs. So, like, immediately after the movie, we had to go to, like, CVS and get, like, a bunch of burn cream and stuff. And we went to her house after the fact, and... She put on South Park the movie, and she's still, like, tending to her burn. And I felt so bad that I just kind of left. <laughs> and we never <laughs> talked again. And I'm like, I felt I felt horrible about, about my motorcycle injuring the shit out of her. And, uh, I, yeah, that's embarrassing. I got, a, I, got, I got another good date. Uh, so me and my girlfriend, we're sitting there. Uh, we, went, we walked around. We, so we went into like the little Starbucks area, which was right by exit door, and we're sitting there reading to each other, like asking each other questions, and it it, it was really fun. It was it was really fun, and uh, we saw this little kid uh, running around back and forth, back and forth. you know, I I was thinking to myself, he's gonna run into something, and I feel like I'm gonna laugh my ass off. And uh, there's this chip rack in the uh, in the Starbucks, and this little kid kept running back and forth, back and forth. And then he runs into this chip rack and me and Courtney just start laughing so hard. Like, like, and the dad noticed us, like he, he noticed <laughs> us laughing at his kid. I didn't see exactly what happened. All I saw was the chip rack shake and then like four bags of chips fall from the top of it uh, uh-huh. onto the floor. So I heard everything and saw like the chip rack moving. But because I saw the kid running back and forth, I knew what happened. But I felt like he just ran straight into it. My girlfriend says that he backed into it, and we were both just sitting there laughing. Dude, I was wheezing. I literally could not <laughs> breathe. I was laughing so hard at this kid. I, it was just, it was so funny. Um, and and we were like, we were just sitting there like reading those books, and that happened. And I like literally, like I'm, I feel sorry for the kid that ran into it. Yeah, but. Dude, that was hilarious. <laughs> and the dad, the dad was giving us dirty looks. They never said anything to us. He walked over to his wife or girlfriend or whatever and said, and said they're laughing at our kid. And, and then like we were just still crying. Like, dude, I was, I had tears in my eyes. It was just, it was, it was amazing. Like, that's that was probably one of the uh, more fun dates that we had uh, concerning other people. Do you have any customer service stories that are funny or worth worthwhile hearing? Oh yeah, like um probably probably the most fun retail job I had but also the least paying was uh Spencer's Gifts. Uh I was a sales supervisor at Spencer's Gifts at uh Stonebriar Mall for quite some time. Okay, can we take just like 2 minutes because I'm going to shit myself. Okay. <laughs> um, going to college, uh, knocking out core classes and the whole aviation goals and stuff. It was right after high school, and um, yeah, like 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 we we fucked around a lot in that store. Um, like using the lube as like a tripping hazard for managers and stuff. And like we'll we'll just like use lube and like spray it all over like the back door uh, huh. floor, and then like call call like a. a and call like a manager and be like, Hey, get up here real quick. And they come and they immediately bust ass and we laugh at them. And then we clean it up. And it's like, a lot of times when you use, uh, use lube on the back door, you do bust ass. 
Ha <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. That was clever. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and like, um, yeah, like we'd play rubber chicken football and we'd fuck with Hot Topic next door all the time. And it was, it was really good fun, but like what kind of, of shit... what kind of fucking with hot topic is it like you guys pulled pranks on each other or you despised each other uh just pranks just innocent okay. pranks i was like, about to say fuck you hot topic yeah, you guys are dicks they, they they dress me up as like a homeless drunken santa claus and they drag my unconscious body into the middle of their store floor and they'd be like excuse me sir Sir, <laughs> and like, and and I just lay there motionless for like <laughs> twenty minutes. <laughs> That's great. That's great. But it's like, um, yeah, and like, like I'd I'd fuck with associates. We had this really ditzy associate who um was just an airhead, massive tits, really <laughs> stupid, and and it's just like she would be like flirting with the mall rat boys that were coming in and whatnot, and she's like, I don't know, I want to sing a song to them, and I'm like, well, fucking sing to them, and I just go away, and they'd be like, oh, I don't know what to sing, and I'm like, like uh, tell them you want to sodomize them, and she's like, what does that mean? And I'm like, oh, I've got a golden ticket. <laughs> it's like, uh, it means to sing beautifully and eloquently. It's like, cool, how do you spell it? And I'm like, S-O-D-O-M-I, and then I'd like burst into the back room until the assistant manager's like, okay, you gotta, you gotta roll with me on this one. From now on, sodomizing means to sing to them. And they'd have like a mouthful of the sandwich and be like, okay. <laughs> it's like, and I would convince her to like loudly proclaim that she's sodomizing people. And oh, it was great fun. Um, but uh, managers, or like, like, like um, I'd have to deal with returns a lot because a lot of the bullshit that Spencer sold was cheap plastic bullshit that would break. We get so frustrated with the customer returns, especially around the holidays, like Black Friday and shit like that. It was just chaos anyway. And then you'd have Karens coming in with, like, their broken, like, electric orb or whatever, or, like, you know, like, light wall art. Who cares? And and we'd be like, hmm, okay, yeah, thank you so much, ma'am. Okay, like, uh, we'll, we'll be right back. And we go into the back room, and we take, like, one of the metal rack hangers or, like, a fucking pole or something, and we just javelin it into our own, like, staff bathroom door to the point that, like, by the end of the Christmas season, it looked like a small grenade went off, like, in front of the, the door. You, you'd close it for privacy, but there was, like, a hole the size of a watermelon right above the door handle where it's, like, if you're sitting down to take a shit, you just look to the right, and you can see everything happening in the back room. And um, I thought that was fun. Like, like I, I, along with many of the coworkers there, just threw shit in as, like, a means to vent to destroy that bathroom door every time uh, we had a customer problem. The thing is, loss prevention guy came through, so naturally we'd get a lot of shit stolen from us. And then he goes into the back room and he sees the door destroyed and he's like, who the fuck did that? And we were going to blame it on the guy who quit, like, like right after the holiday season. He's like, all right, this is it. I'm, I'm fucking done. And it's like, oh, it was that guy. Uh, he fucking did it. The guy that, that left. So I guess there's nothing you can do about it. Ha ha. And uh, like an idiot in my loss prevention report, I'm like, I may have slammed or kicked the door a few times, but all the visible damage was this guy. And that actually wound up gotten me, uh, getting me terminated from Spencer's Gifts, which is probably for the better because that job was horrible. And, you know, you, you can do better than this. So last episode, or the, actually our first episode, we played a game called Things You Can Say During Sex or Family Dinner. 
And you may have mentioned that you had a funny story to share about that. <laughs> oh, um, yes. Uh, damn it. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to. No pressure. One, one time, uh, my, my girlfriend was on her period, and uh, she wanted sex. And I, 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 I didn't oblige with uh, the sex, but I did put on something sexy and stripped off. And it was, it was like a little like man thong kind of situation. And I started um, dancing for her in a, in a sexily manner. And she was, she was getting off on it. Um, as, I'm, as I'm dancing, like, like you know, like I'm, I'm getting turned on. She's getting turned on. She's obviously getting turned on. And it turned into a situation where um, I was face her. And then I'm like, what do you want me to do? And she's like, I want you to me. And I whispered into her ear, too bad. And then I rolled over and put the blankets over as if I was going to sleep. And she's <laughs> like, fuck, I like you, son of a bitch. She was super pissed. And I, we laugh about that all the time. And uh, any t- I, I can make her laugh at any moment, especially at the dinner table where she's like, hey, can you pass me that? Like, or, or do we have any of that? I'm like, no. And I'm like, too bad. <laughs> so like, like, too bad is becoming, has become a running joke between the two of us. And she, she's always like, <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, so I was going to, I was going to have us play a game where we all came up with bad ways to describe movies. And then we we were all, you know, the other people were going to guess. But I found out that I don't really watch movies and you guys do. So I thought maybe it would be better if I came up with the bad movie descriptions. um, Okay. And then you guys kind of compete for it and we'll keep score and see who wins at the end of the day. So the idea is I'm going to describe the movie vaguely or badly. And then if you guys don't get it, I'll continue with clues. But I also have to try to make the clues vague and bad. So if we're ready, some of these will be a lot easier than others. Um, All right. But I, I don't know. Like I said, you guys seem to be into movies a lot more than me. So uh, maybe it'll be fairly easy all the way through. <laughs> okay. So first movie, an old man steals a chubby Asian kid. Karate Kid. Trentino. No, no, no. Up. It's up. It's up. Damn yep. it! <laughs> you want to hear the rest of my uh, clues for that? Yeah. Okay. Animals can have ADHD as well. Oh, yeah. Wow. And if you fill anything what? with enough hot air, you'll get where you want to go. Aww. <laughs> That's a, that was a good one. That was wholesome. That was good. Also, one of the most powerful opening acts in a in a Pixar film, and um, yes, that that was it, it was very go, yeah, very back. very moving. Yeah, and I'm I'm a crier too, so like oh yeah, it's hard for us to choose movies. Um, like my daughter's mm-hmm. like, I feel like watching Coco, and it's like I guess I'm gonna cry today. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the second movie, an older man with blue balls. Promises a minor anything he wants. All right. I feel like this more literal blue balls. Older man, blue balls. No, we're going to go with the second clue. Carol Baskin would try to kill the minor's love interest for her pet choice. Aladdin? Yes. 
damn okay. it. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. I <laughs> didn't right. think of it. <laughs> and and the last clue was going to be to get what you want from the old man, you have to rub him out. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> yep, yep. Ten thousand years. Okay. First give me the lamp. <laughs> <laughs> so movie number three. A rich woman drowns a poor new artist. A poor nude artist. A rich woman drowns a poor nude artist. Aristocrats? <laughs> no. 101 Dalmatians. It's This movie is also like the world's biggest ice bucket challenge fail compilation. Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> Image. Yes, <laughs> Dom, you are losing. I know. <laughs> I thought. Are, are you just being polite to me, Dom? No, he gave <laughs> me a different hit for the Titanic one. <laughs> okay, number four. A par- Dom, you should get this. A paranoid billionaire is afraid of an immigrant Batman. with superpowers. Batman versus uh, Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. That's the only clue I had for that one. <laughs> okay, this this next one only has one clue as well. So we'll see. Um, four kids come out of the closet. Narnia. Yes. I didn't even watch Narnia. Well, um, have you considered getting good? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 you got oh, me there. Oh, 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 oh. Do, um, do you have Do you have uh, any more? Uh, we we got to oh, give yeah, Dom a chance to to win. Yeah, he's he's still got a chance. But if four you get, and one, you get a couple more. <laughs> okay. Um, so this next movie, I can't really, I can't really explain it very well because I'm not supposed to talk about it. Oh, the ring. Fight club. Fight club. It's fight yeah. club. Damn it, son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I don't know why my brain was like, don't talk about fight club. Subconsciously, like, <laughs> <laughs> so you're following the rules. Okay. Um, so here's another one. Again, one clue. So if we don't get it, I'm going to have to add, add the, a little bit here. Um, okay. A young man binds other men and photographs them for money. Human centipede. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> no. That, oh. He, he. Wait. Can you repeat it? Yeah. A young man binds, like binds them together. You know, like ties mm-hmm. them up. Other uh-huh. men, and photographs them for money. Saw. No. Uh, I mean... Dragon Ball Super Broly. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, uh, you know, fusion. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. I, I really don't have any other clues. I guess I could, I could brainstorm some. Um, um, oh, brother, where art thou? <laughs> no. Um, binds. <laughs> so, like, um, I this is kind of an obvious clue, but he's always finding himself in like really sticky situations. Movie binds. Oh, fucking Spider-Man. Yeah, it's Spider-Man. God damn it, I just watched that! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think to think that was uh, that P- Peter's a photographer. What the hell? Yeah. 
J. Jonah Jameson is like the best part of that movie. <laughs> he is. <laughs> okay. Shut up. So, Shut up. So we're Get five out. to two right now, man. <laughs> so this one is more of a um more of a character and less of a less of a movie. Um but steroids are a superpower. Captain America. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. That was uh that wasn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next. I wouldn't hear them all regardless. Have, you still have yep. a chance if you get all of them right. Oh, God. So. Different races come together, spite their differences, to protect a midget. So, not Captain America. Uh, I mean, not Cap- uh, Captain Planet is what I meant. Um, hmm. Different races come together to protect a midget? Power Rangers? No. No. So, if he liked it, then maybe he should have put oh, a ring on it. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Lord Damn of the Rings. I, I, why? Races. Uh, I, I was thinking of, like, black people and, like... You would. Why am I? That was the question. <laughs> uh, Racist. I think of black, Asian, and white people coming together to protect. I was going to say jackass, but there was no way that was right. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> To protect women? They exactly. put him in danger. <laughs> Exactly. That's why He's strapping the rockets all the time. And super uh, glue him to Preston. So <laughs> <laughs> right. I got him into a fucking trucker wheel. <laughs> Throw him down a hill. All right, I still want to hear all of them. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I'm gonna get the last four. I like I like this one's description. I think the rest are easy, but I mean, I also came up with them. So, an American woman invades foreign land, kills their leadership. And then just spends the rest of her time trying to escape. Wonder Woman. No. Tarzan? No. So she starts a quest and gets to choose the rest of her party. She gets like a lumberjack, um, this like farmer's the hand. Wizard of Oz. Oh, Wizard of Oz. God damn it. Yes! God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and then the final clue would have been uh, they have to find this famous magician who just puts on a really mediocre show for him. <laughs> I love like terrible descriptions of movies. Like, yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, Bridget, she starts her quest. I immediately started thinking of Chrono Trigger. Like, it's just like... <laughs> All so right. Old. You guys ready for this one? Yeah. Y'all ready for this? <laughs> nah, 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 old nah, cripple nah, man. Nah, nah. An old cripple man has a miracle and can suddenly walk. For the chance for free candy. Willie Walker. Yes. Who said it first? Did you did Willy Dom Walker? did you say it too? I said candy man, but that's not well kind of close. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Walker is the candy man. <laughs> but it wasn't the right movie, but oh wait, no, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, yeah. I mean either oh, we're not gonna get into <laughs> a tie. <laughs> Okay, I, I was legit thinking of Candyman, like the dude that plays in each and every one of the uh, 
the Final Destination movies. Like he's the black dude. Oh, that, gotcha. that 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 Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So this this next one, a man's hobby, really depends on the quality of your skin. Ooh, crickets. That one's really creepers. big. Creepers, okay. creepers. No, uh, no, but good one. Um, um, love that movie. All right, here's a second clue. You have to apply like skincare product. Oh shit! Silence on your epidermis, or you're gonna get sprayed with water. Silence of the lamps. Yes. Hey, okay. I'm gonna be honest. I've never seen that movie. Dead serious. <laughs> have you ever heard the quote? Um, it puts, it puts the lotion, the lotion on, on the skin. The yes. <laughs> yes, I've heard that quote, but that's what I was like. I, I would have known what you were talking about, but I just have, I've never watched the movie, but I, I do want to see it. Like it, it, It's a good one. <laughs> okay. Last one. And Dom, maybe you can redeem yourself a little bit. So this movie is about a refugee who finds a way to overcome his situation, forms a family, and lives the American dream. Superman. Tarzan. What was yours, Dom? Tarzan. No, no, no to either. Another, Carol Baskin would most likely feed this man to his pet. No, um, nothing. I really got you guys on this one. I came up with this one all by myself with no help of the internets. <laughs> um, <laughs> lives um, the American dream? Yeah, refugee finds a way to live the American dream. One of the famous quotes in the movie is let me introduce yourself to my or introduce yourself to my small statured acquaintance. Scarface. Yes. Say that okay. too. Oh my goodness. I knew as soon yeah. as you said that, I was like, it's yeah. Scarface. You should have said something. <laughs> I was going to, but I heard you say scar, and I was like, it's over. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, it wasn't bad. It was just 10 to 2. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I would have literally, I would have not even I, like talked during the entire I, thing. I have no clue. I, I want, um, I wanted that to be the score because I just want everybody out there to know that those numbers are the safe way of driving. Ten and two. Thank you. Ten and two. <laughs> That's very responsible of you, Dom. Thank you. <laughs> I like you with. Fro, I think you can handle this. What? Okay, go ahead. Humans find out they're that humans find out that they can be the endangered species because of fossils. Because of fossils? Jurassic Park. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh... in, re- in reality, I didn't play this game because I didn't want you guys to get embarrassed, I guess. You know? <laughs> ah, that's true. <laughs>
Oh, yeah, man. This has been great. You guys are doing a great job, and I'm looking forward to working with you guys in the future. Uh, we can't be sedentary, and we can't sit still. Uh, forces in motion stay in motion. Forces at rest stay at rest. So let's keep doing shit. Let's keep working. So if you guys want to hear the full version of this unedited, you would have to become a patron at our Patreon. Yeah, you have great rewards for becoming a patron, like being mentioned as a sponsor, even getting speaking parts, being able to join in on the live conversation as a listener, or even as part of the show itself, depending on which level you choose. And when, like I mentioned before, one of the rewards is being able to hear these unedited full versions. If you really wanted to hear this almost four hour interview with oh all God. the juicy side talk and mentions of me going to the bathroom then <laughs> so for as little as three dollars a month you can support the show uh subscribe to uh, our um, spotify it really helps us out yeah and we'll, we'll see you next week